Well, I'm going to, those of you going to class, you can feel free to do so at this time. Those are probably the only safe people in the room the rest of the day. So, those of you in the sanctuary this morning, uh, you might want to uh, take your feet and slide them underneath your chair because you might get stepped on this morning, okay, by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's my disclaimer today, all right? Uh, I am, uh, I'm going to do my best to deliver to you what God has put in my spirit for our time this morning. Uh, if I could preach anything else today, I would have. I wrote it down, uh, typed it out, wrote it out, thought about throwing it out, but then the Lord said, you got to shout it out, so here we are. And uh, so I, let me say this this morning, I love you. Just smile at me, okay? Because I had to preach this to myself as well. So, but I do feel like the Lord wants to speak to us, and maybe it's a little bit of a solemn word this morning. But if you'll stay with me to the end, I do feel like that the Lord has given me a proclamation to give to you this morning. Uh, I would like to just jump right to that and give you that, but I, I don't have the liberty to do so. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter number 8. And I would ask that you pray for me this morning because I, I want this to be delivered uh, in the right manner today. Uh, but I'm going to talk to us today. I believe the Lord's going to talk to us today about bringing back his presence. Bringing back his presence. And for a few moments, I'm really going to deal with empty buildings and troubled souls this morning. Building doesn't look empty this morning in the natural setting, and that's good. I like that. But is it empty spiritually? That's a... That's a greater question that needs to be answered today. But in 1 Kings chapter number 8, let's read through the first six verses and then verses 9 through 11, and we'll begin together this morning. It says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto King Solomon in Jerusalem that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon. Verse number 3. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. And they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that was in the tabernacle. Even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubs. There was nothing in the ark other than the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it come to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord 
had filled the house of the Lord. Let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning thanking you for your presence that I feel this morning. But Lord, I come on assignment today to share with your people that which you have shared with me. So today, Father, I pray that you would anoint this vessel of clay to speak your word, not my opinion, but Lord, to speak that which you birthed in my spirit today. And Lord, we'll never cease to praise you, give you glory for all that is accomplished this day. In Jesus' name, amen. For a few moments today, I want to share with you what I believe is necessary for we, the church. I'm going to deal with the church more so than the world today. But there must be a bringing back of the presence of God in this time that we find ourselves in. I'm not talking about chill bumps when you hear your favorite song. I'm not talking about emotions when you hear your favorite preacher. But I'm talking about the presence of God that gives birth to the glory of God where everything in the natural has to bow before him. We desperately need his presence this morning. This is only achieved when we began to pursue him. I have to ask the question today, are we, as men and women of faith, truly pursuing him? The definition of pursue is simply this, to strive or to try to strive to gain or to try to overtake to get into the presence of, to get entangled with. Today across the globe, we have men and women who have been led to believe that all is well with their soul this morning, not knowing that if they stepped into eternity today, they would find themselves in a place called hell. Not only in a place called hell, but lost without God forever. I know this is a very serious claim this morning, and it may make some of you very uncomfortable. But let me be real with you today. There has to be an awakening to truth. If we're going to talk about heaven like we did last week, we've got to talk about hell today. Because if you believe in one, you got to believe in the other. Amen. Hear me. Hell is enlarging itself. Isaiah 5, verse 14 says, Therefore hath hell enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Think about that this morning. Not only is hell enlarging itself, but we are witnessing a generation entering and living in captivity. And you may ask why. Isaiah 5 and 13 tells us why. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Allow me to ask you the question today. Does it really bother you today that a generation is dying 
than going to hell? Has it kept you up at night? Or are we just so consumed with our lives that we fail to understand the gravity of the situation? We have a generation that does not know the things of God this morning. They do not know the presence of God. They do not know Him or His Word. They do not spend time in prayer, and they walk in blatant disobedience to His commandments and His instructions. I ask you this morning, does it alarm you that while all of this is taking place, many of them will tell you that they are a Christian. What does that even mean anymore in our society? I'm not standing here today from a position of thinking that I am more holy than anyone else, but I stand here today from a place of great concern by what I see taking place. Deception, lies, spiritual wickedness, falsehoods from platforms across the globe. Can I remind you today, Matthew 7, 13 through 15, the word of the Lord is this, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. We are plagued today with false teachers, backslidden preachers, defiled worship leaders, and cowardly men and women of faith. We have literally allowed the enemy to come into our sanctuaries and our lives and turn out the lights and redecorate with the decor of the world then we wonder why people are living in darkness. The sanctuaries of America, the lives of the American people that are self-proclaiming Christians are not just visiting darkness, but we're now living in darkness. When we made the choice to simply sit down and become silent and refuse to fight against sin, it was in that moment that we become responsible for what we see taking place today. The moment we lost focus of the cross, we began to fall into apathy. I stand here this morning declare to you this. We have built amazing sanctuaries. We've created every kind of program. We've become great entertainers. We figured out how to raise more money than we've ever had. Our ministry centers are filled with the latest and greatest of merchandise and technology. Folks drive by and they look over and say, man, they've really got it going on. But sadly, they don't know the truth today. Our buildings as well as our lives are empty of the thing that we need most, His presence. If we would be honest today, 
Our chairs are full of troubled souls this morning, Sunday after Sunday, instead of men and women that are overcomers. We sing about it, but we don't live it out. We proclaim it, but yet we don't possess it. I will go as far as to say that the church has been wearing masks long before a pandemic ever hit. And unfortunately, we've gotten really good at it. We come in on Sunday morning and everybody thinks we got it all together. But they don't know that it took every fiber in you to get out of bed this morning and uncover your head because of the lies of the enemy in your life. Today we are surrounded by worry, doubt, sickness, disease, heaviness, as well as sin of all sorts, all because we failed to pursue him. While we desire for the broken to come, we do not desire for the broken to stay broken. We desire for them to experience the life change that happens in the presence of God. But too often, men and women walk in and out of our doors and walk in and out of our lives just to leave the same way they came. We must stop fooling ourselves this morning, men and women of God. I'm standing here today to tell you this. There will be no revival. There will be no awakening. There will be no outpouring of Holy Ghost fire until someone desires to pursue him. It will not cost you something. It will cost you everything. And I ask you this morning, are you willing to pay the price, no matter what it is, to reach a generation and to save them from hell? Jim Elliott once said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Think about it this morning. You may be sitting here this morning asking, how can you say our houses are empty of his presence? How can you say our lives are empty of his presence? Psalm 16, verse number 11, it says this, Thou will show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Where is the joy? Notice Solomon had built this amazing structure. It was arrayed in beauty, yet it was just a building until the presence of God was there. In 1 Kings chapter 8, we find that after the completion, he simply realized that the beauty wasn't enough, the labor wasn't enough, but he said, we have to go to the city of David, my father, and we have to bring the Ark of the Covenant, and we have to put it in the oracle of the house because it's just a building if he is at present. You and I today, we have built families, we built careers, we built ministries, and they appear to those passing by that be arrayed in beauty. But in reality this morning, they're filled with voids. 
emptiness, loneliness, fear, and uncertainty, if we're not careful, describes our lives and our ministries and our careers. We have a front row seat this morning to the devastation that's taking place in this generation all because there is the absence of his glory. The resistance of man towards the word of God is causing a generation to be overran by evil while we sit here this morning. You and I are settling for comfort and convenience. And can I tell you this morning, it will never cause a generation to encounter the glory of God. It's still going to take a people who are willing to walk in a place of separation, sanctification, and purification. A people that has a heart after God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17 through 18 tells us, Wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I have to ask this morning, where is the sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled men and women of God who will just begin to love people in the middle of their brokenness? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 6 tells us these words. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Notice charity suffereth long. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not vault itself up. It is not puffed up, but it does behave itself unseemly, sinking not her own. It is not easily provoked, and it thinketh no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but notice it does rejoice in truth. Is it possible that we do not have the love of God in our lives because of the simple fact that we do not have the truth in our lives? The reason we don't have the truth in our life is because we have neglected the Word of God, we have neglected the time of prayer, and we have consumed ourselves with every care of this world. But can I tell you, church, please hear me today, if we are not careful, we are sitting here today with flickering flames in our lamps and we have no oil in our vessels uh, and the bridegroom is about to come. Uh, and if you're not careful, uh, you and I will sit in the house of God every Sunday and still end up in hell. Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13 you read of the story of ten virgins. Five was wise and five was foolish. But only five of them possessed what was needed to experience the presence of of the bridegroom when he came. I would rather make you uncomfortable today. And I would even willing to take the risk to make you angry at me today than to sit here and say nothing and let you end up in hell. But can I tell you, I love you too much this morning to tell you that it's okay to live outside the presence of God. 
Sitting in this room this morning will not take you to heaven. Putting an offering in the offering box will not take you to heaven. Doing a good deed will not take you to the promised land. It takes someone inviting and surrendering to Jesus Christ and understanding we must live in his presence. If we are not pursuing him today, we are in trouble. If you and I are not grieved in our spirit by what we are seeing presently take place in this generation, I question, do we truly have the heart of God? You say, well, preacher, I just don't know about all of this stuff, but please hear me. Matthew 5, I did not give them this verse this morning, but Matthew 5 and 29 and 30 says, And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. But if you was to also read Matthew 10 and 28, it says, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I ask the question this morning, where is the fear of God? We walk like the world, we talk like the world, we do what the world does, and we think we can walk into the house of God and expect the blessings and the favor of God to rain down on us. Shame on us. Let me remind you about eternity this morning. There is a day that's coming. Revelations chapter 20, verse 12 John simply said this, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which was in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I will not take the time this morning to talk to you much about the lake of fire, but let me tell you it's a place of utter torment. It is a bottomless pit. It is a place where you will fall continually forever, and you will hear the groaning and the sounds of men, and you will have and experience the gnashing of teeth. Can I tell you it is a reality today? Where is the fear? Can I say to you this morning we must desire his glory we must come back to the landmarks of our faith then and only then will we break free from the darkness that is controlling the atmosphere around us today it is then that we will see the unfaithfulness lying spirits and doctrines of devils be destroyed and we will return back to a place of power 
and the majesty of his glory. You say, do we really, truly need to experience that today? Yes, we do. Can I tell you today, we have a generation of men and women that has been birthed and brought up in the house of the Lord. We'll put that in quotations and they, we've taught them how to be entertainers. We've taught them how to do all kinds of things, but yet we've not taught them how to bask in the presence of God. And there is no victory. There is no celebration outside of a life with Christ. Sin is full of joy for a season, but it ends in destruction you may think it's all well now, but destruction is your future if we don't surrender to him. I want to tell you a story of what happens when a man or a woman or a family walks with the presence of God. Some of you probably know the name C.C. Wyman. The Wyman's family is an amazing, musically talented, preaching family, ministers of the gospel for many years. Some time ago, C.C.'s brother Ronald was lying in the hospital, taken back for surgery. The doctor comes out and greets the family, C.C. and her father and others is there, and he drops his head and he simply says this, I'm so sorry, but we've done everything we can and we have lost him. Cece's father looks at the doctor and he simply says this, Doc, would it be okay if we just laid hands on you and prayed for you and you go back in there and you try it one more time? The doctor was somewhat taken back and stood there for a moment, and he simply said, okay. The proclamation of death is in the room. Everything is over. Everybody's scrubbed up. Everything's done. Ronald's gone. But the doctor walks back in, and the next report that Cece and her family received was that Ronald was in recovery. Ronald's fine. See, what I'm talking about is not religion. I'm not talking about tradition. But what I'm talking about is when the glory of the Lord is present, things change. Not just in this house, but when you're walking in the presence of God, you have to understand you walk with dominion, you walk with authority, you walk with power. And even if you're in a hospital room when you get a proclamation that your brother is dead, but can I tell you this morning, uh, we don't walk with that authority, we don't walk with that power in this hour and this day because we have taught a generation as long as it looks pretty, uh, everything's fine. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the world world had never seen Solomon's temple, anything that come close to it, uh, but it was still just a building. Uh, you can dress this thing up all you want. Uh, you can look holier than thou. Uh, you can do all the right things, say all the right things, act the right way, uh, but if the presence of God isn't there, uh, you're just a dead man and a dead woman walking, uh, and you're going to end up in hell. Uh, listen to this preacher this morning. Uh, you can try to fool me or any other man of God or woman 
woman of God, uh, but you will not fool the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, and he knows what you did last night. Uh, he knows what you behaved yourself in this week. Uh, you're not fooling anybody. Uh, you're just on a path to hell this morning. You know why we deal with sipping saints, sleeping around saints? It's because the presence isn't in the house. We deal with a lot of garbage that would not have to be dealt with if we would just get back to where we would lay between the porch and the altar. Listen, we wouldn't have a problem with modesty if the presence was here. Uh, we wouldn't have a problem with a lot of stuff uh, if the presence was here. Uh, can I tell you, this is not just another building, uh, but when you decide you're going to step from there to here and roll in the place of ministry, uh, there's got to be a change. Uh, we got to get to a place uh, where we understand and it's not about how beautiful, but it's about how effective. I'm going to ask you this morning, is your life effective for the kingdom? Those of you that are visiting, I'm sorry, you may have picked a bad day. But there is power in the name of Jesus this morning. And there's still life-giving flow that can touch the heart of man at its lowest point when they get into the presence of God. Notice, the priest, everybody doing what they were supposed to do, but when the ark come in, notice with me, this is where we've got it wrong in modern, modern times. The world tells you, well, you can bring the presence of God, but you got to add this and this and this and this. The enemy tells you that because when you start adding things to it, you begin to defile it and it drives it away. But you find out that when we get to Solomon's temple, it says nothing was in the ark. The ark is always a type or presence of the presence of God. The mercy seat is on top. The cherubs are there. But nothing was in the ark except for two tablets of stone, which is the word of God. Notice, wherever the presence is, is where the word is. You can't have the presence without the word. And you can't have the word and not have the presence. They are intertwined. So what they did when they brought in, the priest carried in the ark of the covenant. They really carried in the word of God. And when they carried in the word of God and put the word of God in the oracle of the house, all of a sudden the presence of God uh, began to bring about the manifestation of the glory of God uh, and men had to fall down uh, on their face. Can I tell you, uh, I believe that we are approaching the day uh, where God is about to get glory and honor. Uh, and I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, you better get ready 
uh, because where this thing's going uh, is not just a normal place, uh, but the church of Jesus Christ uh, is going to experience the glory of God, uh, but you will not experience the glory uh, until you get back to a place of his presence, uh, and you will not have his presence in your life uh, until you're willing to take the word uh, for what it says uh, and begin to apply it to your life every day. Notice with me this morning, and I'm closing in just a moment. I'm thankful this morning for men such as David Bernard that spent years suffering through loneliness and depression and pain just to see God bring revival among the Native Americans in the northeast sector of the world. I'm thankful for men such as William Carey that stayed committed to preaching the gospel for seven years before he saw the first person to ever pray through. I'm thankful this morning for men such as John Hyden that simply wore his body down through long nights of prayer and fasting in order to see people come to Christ in one of the hardest mission fields in the world. I'm thankful for young women that simply said this, I could stay home and get married and be a music teacher and do those things. And she said, that even sounds good to me. But she said, there's something in my spirit that will not allow me to do that. I must tell the world about Jesus. Do you have that desire, that passion today? What is the priorities of your life? This morning, the world around us is in chaos. A generation is dying. And we're sitting in the house of God. No joy, no peace, no rest. And wondering why the world doesn't want what we have. Is it possible we have failed to understand the importance of his presence? I want to give you a proclamation this morning as the worship team comes. They're going to minister in song this morning. I was sitting in my office on Friday evening. I felt the presence of the Lord began to convict my heart. And I began to just kind of sit in His presence. Then I began to, yesterday, morning, first part of the day, just alone with the Lord, listening, just having a time of worship, began to hear 
lyrics that God has given to others talking about the goodness of God and the glory of God. I want to say this to you. This is what I believe the Lord is telling us today. And I want you to understand with me that we have to have so much more than what we have right now. The behavior of mankind has become so erratic. Twelve-year-old boy was stabbed as he stood in line at McDonald's yesterday for no reason. Senseless deaths happening every weekend across our nation. Planned Parenthood alone last year, 2020, slaughtered just under 350,000 babies in America. People hurting all around us, but the church house still sits empty. No weeping, no wailing, no travail. Our children raised in the house of God, they're, they're behaving in the same manner as the world. They're listening to the same thing, doing the same thing. It's not okay. I'm not a preacher that gives you a list of do's and don'ts. I'm not here to tell you you got to do this and do that. I'm telling you you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get in His presence, you will be holy. It's not my words. It's not my plan. I'm just the messenger. He says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We got leadership today in our nation that says that by the time of 10 years old that a kid could be able to decide whether it needs to be a male or a female. Really? Certain parts of our nation today, not to be vulgar off color, but we've got people in, in power and administration that's trying to tell and get laws passed where they can go in and teach kindergarten kids not just sexual education, but to teach them different positions for vulgar behavior and we want to sing a song and give an offering and think we're on our way to heaven listen this is the world in which we live and I stand here today to tell you I'm not going to be a watchman on the wall that's sleeping and not using my trumpet but I'm going to tell you if there's things that don't line up with Scripture in your life, you better get rid of them because if not, you will end up in hell. And the same goes for me because it is a reality. But here's what I heard the Lord say in my spirit. I want to give it to you this morning. 
You can do whatever you want to with it today. But I'm going to empty myself today. The word of the Lord. I heard the Lord say in my spirit, I believe there is something that has been, there's some things that's been pronounced dead that's about to come into contact with the presence of God and they will begin to live. I declare to you, it's not over, says the Lord. My people have prayed, says the Lord, and I have heard their cry, and I will begin to do wonders among them, says the Lord. I will honor my word, and I will touch their land, and I will bring about a reversal. My glory will fill my house again, and darkness will be dispelled. I am removing the unclean in this hour, says the Lord. The days of trouble ahead will cause my house to become pure, and my house will begin to fulfill its purpose. The evil men's days are numbered, says the Lord. Do not fret over them, for I am God, and every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will confess. The hirelings have been removed, and true shepherds have been prepared to lead my people in this hour. There are promises that have not yet been obtained by my people. will soon walk in them, says the Lord. Wayward children are awakening and returning. The Lord says, don't doubt my word concerning them. They will bring a sound of celebration back to my house. The power of resurrection is beginning to push through the soil, and soon the world will see the beauty of that which is springing forth. Uh, Awake, repent, and pursue, and you will witness my glory, says the Lord. I will allow you to see the fall of many, and I will allow you to see the removal of the wicked. Great calamity will be the result of them trying to cling to power, but they will lose their grip. I will allow the righteous to rule, and the nations will see wrongs made right. The blood of the innocent will be avenged, and great exposure is coming to all that have allowed it. The darkness is going to give way to the light of my glory, and my people will rejoice, says the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand all over this house this morning. All I'm doing this morning is I'm trying to do that which Solomon did in his day where he simply said to the men, the elders, and the priests, he said, go get the presence. I'm looking at kings and priests this morning in the sight of God, and I'm just releasing you to go get his presence. Go bring back the ark of God and bring it into your house and into this house and let the presence of God begin to be here and let's watch the glory of God begin to return. But do you have a passion for it? Do you have a desire for it? Can you lay your head down tonight knowing that your family is in danger of hell and you did nothing to reach them today? We got to bring back his presence. I want them just to begin to sing this song. And I want you to begin to have the attitude of prayer right now in this room. I want you to begin to call out to the Lord. 
If you want to step from your seat and come and stand in the front of this building, I encourage you to do so right now. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you ought to run to this altar because he loves you. He desires to deliver you. Oh, can you just love on him this morning? Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.